welcome to a new episode of the Downsize with Style podcast to help you create a happy home and refine your apartment lifestyle. My name is Bettina. I'm an interior stylist and color consultant and passionate about interiors and design writing. And so is Sally, my new co-host. You have met her um, already if you have listened to the last episodes. Sally is a storage designer and we are also passionate about writing. Um, we both um, contribute to House Australia, which is basically a mixture between a directory and a glossy magazine for um, home decorators. So it's all about interior design. It's a great platform um, to have a look at if you are renovating, building, downsizing. So it's House Australia, H-O-U-Z-Z.com. And um, we thought today we'd talk about one of the hottest topics for people who downsize, but actually not only for only for people who downsize, everyone has that topic and it's decluttering and sort out your stuff and finding places for everything in your home. And uh, Sally has recently written an article or idea book, as it is called, on house um, about, um, what was the title, Clutter Busters. <laughs> and so uh, we thought we might take this as a starting point today and um, share some of our top suggestions um, for you, how to get started with decluttering or how to approach the whole topic. So Sally, let's get started. Maybe you um, give us a quick idea of what you have written there and what's your uh, main point. Okay, sure, Bettina, and <clears throat> thank you for having me once again. Um, well, this article was mainly about in fact, probably trying to avoid the problem of clutter in the first place. So it's it's actually, yes, it's how to accumulate less. So it's really addressing the decluttering issue at the philosophy level, really, if possible, um, which is really about, you know, I think a lot of people that clutter in their home, it's clutter because, well, you know, a lot of clutter is just stuff that they don't want. And I guess you just have to, dis they, you know, people need to determine, is it there because they don't know how to get rid of it? Or is it um, that they don't want to get rid of it? And obviously, not you know, mm. the former is a lot easier to deal with. Um, so I don't so much deal with hoarders, um, mm. you know, because that's a whole other issue where people are yeah. very sentimentally attached, and um, there's you know there are issues there. But if really the the clutter is a problem because people just don't know how to deal with it, that's a little bit easier. So um, I guess the philosophy angle is really for people to determine whether they're happy with how their home is looking. Um, and if they're not, then they really need mm. to identify what it is that they want their home, to, how they want their home to look, and get on with it, basically. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good point. Happy home. <laughs> Um, it's the subtitle of my book, basically, How to Create a Happy Home. And I think um, I've recently came across a really nice book, which I could throw in here at the discussion. It's called um, Happier at Home from an American author called Gretchen Rubin. That's really, I don't know if I pro pronounced that right here. That's actually like a German name. But <laughs> and um, this lady has published several books and her one of her latest is called Happier at Home and it's all about, um, she talks about different areas in her home, how she could, could be more happy or what she what her resolutions are to get there. And the, the one of the 
first chapters is about possessions and about stuff we own and and why we own it and um, uh, so there's different aspects. One, she says here, that's quite interesting. Um, buying things, she says here, is a way to engage with the world. So basically, when we are interested in something, we want to maybe buy it or have it in our home. You know, if we love books, we want to own books. We don't want to get rent them from the library, maybe. So it's it's quite interesting. And um, so we we um, I'm. I like collecting things as well, so it's it's really you should really think about what you just said, Sally. Do why do you buy things, or why do you accumulate or collect things? So do they mean really something to you? You know, I like art, for example, and I love to go to museums, and I always come home from the shop and buy have a new book from an art book or something. Mm. But this is something. I really like and I love to go through my books and display them and read them and flick through them and find quotes for my articles I'm writing. So there is a reason why I'm having that. So this is, um, yeah, there's, there's different aspects why people have things. And I guess one of the, um, um, why they are valuable to some people is because they, um, not because they were expensive or something, but because they mean something to the person. Yeah, so, well, I think I think that that's right, but we can also hide behind those sort of yeah. ideas. You know, I mean, I think that there's a fair bit of habit that people develop even from a quite a young age of they might go on a school excursion and everybody wants to go and buy their little souvenir at the zoo and bring home their key ring with a koala on it or whatever it is. And, <laughs> To be honest, I really don't think they mean very much at all. And I think if we all, you know, I'm not trying to lecture anybody, but for those people that are really interested in actually accumulating less, every time you pick something up at the shops or Mm. at a fete or at a garage sale or on the side of the road at the rubbish cleanup, you know, really question whether you actually need it because there's very little Mm. stuff that we already don't have, that we already, there's there's very Mm. little stuff that we don't already have. And even if you don't have it, there's a very good chance you can borrow it. If you mm. actually really need something, you probably already have it. Um, and if it's something that's not used very often, mm. um, it's not a bad way to go about hiring stuff. You know, like I love um, Lisa Fox of Open Shed. She's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with that um, principle of Open Shed. It's basically a movement, I'm, I'm hoping it's still going, uh, where she's opened up this website where you can it's it was run out of melbourne we should check it now um but um where people can put their stuff up their own private possessions for hire and um so her Mm. great line is you don't need the drill you actually need the hole so if all you need is a hole in the wall to put your (laughs) picture up why does everybody have a drill? Because so few people actually use them. Why don't we use the neighbours or why don't we mm. hire one from somebody down the road or whatever piece of equipment it is? We're in this very kind of um, consumerist society where we all think mm. we need to have every single appliance in our kitchens, in our sheds and everywhere. And really, most mm. of them are not used most of the time. Mm, don't tell that my husband. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Use every tool you can imagine. Yeah. But I think that this is the other thing. I Every time we do something around the house, he is going, I need to go to Bunnings and get something. I said, are you sure you don't have that already? I have no idea about I'm not really into all that tool stuff and he's the workshop. But on the other hand, he really enjoys going to hardware shops. 
And I, the other day, I thought maybe that's the same because I enjoy going to op shops or you know, like go. But that's the same. That same thing can be achieved by going and renting it. Yeah. There, there is you know, hire stores that have all the equipment there yeah. ready for them to use. It's far better for. You know, I'm sure it's far better for the economy, or well, for mm. our own personal economy. It's certainly better for the environment because we do not need yeah. all of these things. Yeah. And it, look, it goes for women and their clothes and their every, mm. all of the possessions. I mean, honestly, most of the stuff—it's the old rule of 80% of the stuff is not being yeah. used. And um, anyway, so that, yeah, that's, that's the philosophy the... of accumulating less in the first place. And um, you know, I, I just think if everybody that wants to to have less clutter in their home mm. could be more cognizant mm. of that every time they walk out the door and every time they pick something mm. up they'd probably be you know yeah. pleasantly surprised at how much less stuff would mm. be in their place and i think you have to um coming back to that what i said before um for example you just mentioned clothes i realized since we moved here to australia i buy much less clothes than i bought in germany and my wardrobe is <laughs> There's not a lot in there. I, I really sort everything out I'm not wearing for a year. I give it away. Or I just, I, I'm, I'm really good at that. But, but I think that is because this is not as important for me anymore as it maybe was years ago. But on the other hand, I love homewares and I love, you know, op shops and little old stuff. And so this is, for me, it's more important. I love buying that stuff. And... Um, displaying it in my home and um so it, it's kind of also the if you know if you have one area you like buying things or collecting things maybe then you go to the other area like for clothes or whatever tools and you try to like decrease the number of items you have in that in that space so because i'm not like i'm as, because I love collecting different things and I'm passionate about things and for most of it, most of all beautiful things, um, I can understand that other people as well might want to buy books or things they could also go in the library. You know, there's always this, of course, you can go to the library, but I'm, I go rarely to the library because the books I really want, I buy them because I just love my bookshelf, you know. But it's this, yeah, you should, but on, on the other hand, I have areas, like I said, with the wardrobe or, other stuff where I'm just really rigorously sorting everything out, you know, doesn't come in. I think the so point there like, is that it's what you said was because you're really passionate about your things. Yeah. Um, you can't possibly be passionate about every single thing. So you select what you're passionate I mean, Yeah, yeah exactly. It, yeah. We all know what we're passionate about. And it actually really, whatever you're passionate about, that's fantastic. We all need a passion. Mm. Um, and it's far more interesting to live a life or be in a home mm. where clearly there is passion. The problem is when the passion is immersed in rubbish and junk of everything mm. else that hasn't mm. been dealt with. So no longer is the passion or, actually an emphasis. Yeah. It's just it's just a mass. Or it's objects. not actually the passion because people maybe don't know what they're really passionate about and they just believe what everyone else tells them you need to have this. I mean, if you look at the retail landscape every year, they come out with their new catalogs and tell me now this year it's blue and green and next year it's red and yellow. And so yeah. people go and buy it because they are told from someone that's what you need to have yeah and this is the thing maybe they don't know actually what their style or what their idea is and this is why they keep listening to all sorts of other people and yeah. they they get more and more confused instead of sorting their things out they 
think, oh, my friend said now we need to have this sort of table or that sort of whatever, and they 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 don't follow their own path. You that's know, that's right. Yeah, and I think that you could probably liken that to somebody that never has an opinion of their own. I mean, if you don't decide who you are, what you stand for, and what your feel is for the moment, you can change that at any point in your life. You're not really going to have a very interesting conversation. You know, I mean, I think mm. that. This is about defining what it is that you want in your home, um, how you want it to feel. If you if you absolutely love being surrounded by things all over the walls and all over the floors, that's fantastic. That's your style. People come to you and I because they don't really want that. They might be living with it, but it's not what they mm. want. They haven't been able to identify clearly, you know, um, where their problem is. Or it can simply be, it may be um, that, yes, they know that that's what they want, but they don't know how to achieve it. Mm. And that's where um, some someone like you or I or anybody else that works in this sort of field can help them because, you know, where, then it, bec- it becomes a matter of behaviour. Um, it can become a matter of uh, have they got the facility to get, you know, to become decluttered and, and be mm. organised. Mm. Because, um, you know, let's say they've got the philosophy right, um, but they may not have the method of implementation. And yeah. so that's when they need to have a professional come in and help them go through that, someone like yourself mm. or professional organisers, or they may need the facility. So, you know, mm. how are they going to implement that? Is it a, a system of baskets? Is it is it storage? Yeah. Is it um, whatever it happens to be that's going to work for them? Um, some sort of method of working with what they have mm. and getting rid mm. of the mess. Um yeah, I mean, I'm with you 100% with that, and I think we are going to talk a few about a few systems or examples in a minute. The other thing I just wanted came into my mind, and that's all about commitment as well. Mm-hmm. I realized that in um, last year I did quite a few presentations and talks, and I always asked the people what's their downsizing challenge and, and la la. And so there was a lot of people. I'd say the majority, 90% said that decluttering and how to get started and I don't know how to get rid of the things. But I found when I talked to a few of them, the other thing that's, I think, really a challenge is to be committed to really want to do it as well. So if, if you know, I'm always saying if you're not 100% committed that, that decluttering is going to help you you won't get there. You can't declutter with 30% commitment because then after five minutes you are over it and you don't do it. So you have to really make it a priority and think, okay, that's I'm committed, I make it a priority and then I put a date in my calendar. Like say every week I do two hours or I do every day 10 minutes. I don't know. You have to find your own thing. But if you don't follow this, if you're not committed and follow through with you won't get it done. So that's, I think, another... Um, Point. And one one person once said to me, oh, I'm still struggling with that commitment thing. And then I said, well, then why don't you get someone in who does it for you? You know, there's always a solution. There's all these decluttering businesses who only do that. Mm. I know a lady who only does wardrobe decluttering, mm. which is a, a massive own topic within that whole decluttering mm. world. So it's this, this is the philosophy. And then I think that goes in the same direction. You need to be committed to really that you want to do it and treat it as an important thing as well not like oh i had this decluttering thing today but oh, no, i don't feel like it i'm postponing it so it has to be an important 
point, you know, like a doctor's appointment or something you would not um, postpone. I, I think it does. I think it depends on the person as well. I, I, I think that, you know, we're all different and, and some of us are quite regimented. And funnily enough, mm. I'm, I don't know, people think that I'm probably phenomenally organized and um, everything's perfect, but I actually like a little bit of disorganization. It makes me feel comfortable. Mm. But um, I think so it's a matter of for each person to work out what their level of discomfort is. And it may be that it's not necessarily, like for some people, such as yourself, very routine and organized, a schedule probably works really well. Schedule doesn't work so well for me because I'm I'm basically a disruptor. I I, I mm. will probably not work to that. Um, I will I will move and be motivated once something really annoys me, mm. and then it won't matter whether it's three in the morning. I'll do it then. Yeah, so okay. it's the pain point. It's the mm. pain point yeah. for the person. The, I think, the, the pain. How be. big is the pain? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you've got to be in the mood. You know, like I mean, yeah, yeah. I actually did my wardrobe, and I think it's really funny because. Um, I'm just not I mean my wardrobe does work incredibly well because that's what I do for business but for me that my definition of organization for me is actually organized disorganization which means I'm not I'm just not a pedant about how things look it, it actually happens to look fantastic at the moment because I've just done it generally it looks pretty good like by, by anyone's standards it would look quite fantastic but mm. it really is a little bit of mess and I like it that way but it got to the point recently where I thought you know what I do need to actually give my wardrobe a clean out and um, because that's what I do I did it on whatever it was one of the days in the holidays recently because it was a rainy day and I finally got in the mood and I couldn't believe how long it took me to do even though my wardrobe was pretty good by most people's standards it still took me about four or five hours mm. and my wardrobe is not enormous it is a walk-in wardrobe mm. and um for me to actually get in and, and to do it properly I thought I am going to do it properly everything's coming out everything will be audited mm. I even tried things on that I haven't worn you know it's mm. like there are I'm not a hundred percent committed to the idea if you haven't worn something for a year you're not going to wear it again because I, I don't mm. believe that. There are some items that mm. I'm, I'm going to wear, you know, and it's not because, okay, yes, if they're four sizes too small, they're probably going to have to go. Um, but if it's just that you haven't had the need to wear it, yeah. I'm not going to throw those things out. Mm. I think that's stupid. However, they might not look as good on you as you think, and it's not, you know. So I did do the thing of trying them all on, which was good, actually, because it showed me that some of them, actually, I really should be wearing them because they look good. Anyway, going through all of that took me a long time. Mm. But... I felt weirdly wonderful once I'd done it. And I thought, oh, that was yeah. that was really fantastic. But I wouldn't have done it if I'd scheduled it. Mm. I, I just had to get to the point where, in fact, I was a little bit frustrated mm. with something mm. I couldn't do outside because yeah. it was raining. Yeah. And I thought, there's a job that mm. needs doing and I'll do it now. And I was on mm. holidays and that sounds a bit sad. That's what my holidays are. Yeah. But I, and it feels fantastic for the yeah. beginning of the year to have that done. But, yeah, it's got to be the pain point. Uh, yeah. It had been sitting there for probably hadn't been done for about two mm. years. I do, I mean, I do both, basically. I'm very structured and organized. Yeah. I know that. And for me, it's, um, I work, I have to have these times. So or I said, this is how I work every day because otherwise I don't get everything sorted here, what's going on in the house with the children and everything. But I also do this decluttering on the go <laughs> throughout the year. This is another thing I, I promote or encourage people to do not to wait until everything is so overwhelming like I did once a while ago I have we have this massive understair storage there on our staircase 
and it's full of bags and shoes and suitcases and bits and pieces. So, and this is the same. I, it was a while ago. I thought on a Sunday, today's the day. I have to get everything out. And I did it. I cleaned the whole thing. And then I think 20% went out because shoes that no one wears, you know, like, oh, God. And But that was good. So I did that. It, and it was the same. It took me, I, I think, two, three, four hours. But then it felt really good. I thought, yes, I've done that. And this is this is the other thing. It's really deliberate. You you kind of feel you've done something, you know, like with your hands, and it's um yeah, it feels good. I think that the really pertinent point of both those stories for, for listeners is that um, understanding that there's a lot more time that goes into these tasks yeah. than you expect. Because I think people get very demotivated, thinking mm. that oh, I'm going to go and do my wardrobe, or I'm going to clear yeah. out that particular yeah. space, and. I think it'll take me about an hour mm. and then they've got an hour into it and they're actually in more mess than they were, mm. you know, and they're, they're just not halfway through. So I think a really important thing to consider when you're going to do decluttering is really allow a lot of time because what's going to happen is you get a little bit involved. You know, you do, you start trying on those clothes or you look at those shoes and you think, oh, who could have those? And it really isn't a matter of going to someone else. If you're clearing out someone else's stuff, it'd be a lot easier. But when you're going through your own mm. stuff, you know, if you've got a bit of time, it can actually be quite enjoyable, but you can get quite distracted. Yeah. And you might as well just do it as an enjoyable thing. You know, a, exactly. a rainy, a have a glass of Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A rainy yeah. Sunday or whatever it happens to be mm. when you, you know, you find, I know most of us don't have time, but, you know, that's the pain point. It's got uncomfortable. It really needs doing, but yeah. don't try and do it. If it's if it's a full on absolute has yeah. to be done completely, don't try and do yeah, it in a hurry because yeah. it's actually worse when you try and do it in a hurry because then I've done it, mm. you, you kind of do it and then you finish it and think actually I haven't mm. really done that so you don't really feel satisfied, you don't feel incredibly good as you do when you do it really well and I do mm. feel a bit of a nerd that it felt that good but it really did. Yeah, and the other method you can try and this is again a suggestion out of this book Happier at Home. Um, it's like you're doing really small um, time units, and and but persistently like 15 minutes every day. Like here in that book, that the author suggests to suffer for 15 minutes every day because she had a task like sorting out family photos or something, which you really uh, don't want to do, and you procrastinate it, and you think, oh god, how could I? So try and I, I tried that actually. Um, I'm still doing it. So I, I set my alarm on my computer every day at five o'clock. I mean, if I'm not there, then it's not working. But usually if I, at that time I'm there. And it's just like it, it rings a bing and it says um, challenging activity or something. And then try and do it in small steps. It, de it depends what it is. But for example, with the family photos, if you I'm scanning in family photos at the moment, like from boxes I had collected over the years. And this is something, It's if you do it for three hours, it's terrible, you know. And But 15 minutes, so I go do eight photos or something, and once the 15 minutes are over, so what I do, I scan them in, and then I have to label them, put them in folders. And then once the 15 minutes are over, I put it my pile on the side and then do it the next day. And it's amazing what you can achieve with this method as well. You know, it takes longer, but it's this sort of, it, it's not, it's only 15 minutes you can manage it's that. It's not so onerous. The only well, thing you have to be consistently doing it, you have you have to stick to it. That's the thing. You can't just do it one day and then five days, oh, I'm not doing it. Today, that's the same coming back to what I had before. You have to commit yes. to that 15-minute thing. Well, but you, it's it, you get to an 
to a result at least, you know, better than I getting think to that's nothing. right. And, and, and you modify it to what works for you. So yeah. um, I, I'm not in a position to, to do that mm. because my lifestyle is less predictable. But I have a similar prompt, which is garbage night. Um, and we have the great big garbage bin. And I actually, you know, I haven't been doing it lately, but for a while, while I needed to clear out a whole, you know, just go through the whole house, every night that it was garbage night, it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I well and truly fill the bin up. Now, this is not about going and replacing it with more stuff and creating landfill. This is about being committed to accumulating less and getting Mm. rid of whatever you don't need. And I am talking about rubbish, but it is incredible what you will find in your home if you say, wow, there's, I've only got half a bin full there, so I'm going to fill the rest of that bin. You can do that with just half a garage between you know, old shoes that you know, are not being used and, and pet accessories and you know, whatever, tools, dustpans, you know, three versions of dustpans that you don't need, you know, all that sort of stuff. And that's what I was using for ages. Like that's for about, cool. I've never for about Two or three months every so how, garbage night. I would just and how often would that happen? That garbage. One, oh, it's once a week. Once a week. Okay. Yeah, once a week. And if that garbage bin isn't full, it's going to be full by the time. So did you have? Did you take one of the normal garbage bins that you have, or is that was it a separate one? Talking about you, a big wheelie. The bins. big wheelie. Yeah. 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 Oh. Um, and we, it, we don't it, use a lot of um, packaged goods, so our garbage bin's not terribly full most weeks. Yeah. So it gets filled up with. Whatever's coming out of whatever room we're working on, usually the closest thing is garbage bin. Yeah, so there's really all well. these systems. Absolutely. And that's another thing we, we talked before, or we wanted to uh, touch. Everyone has to find their own system. Yeah. This is with the decluttering. I mean, we all give can give tips and suggestions and, you know, so like giving hints and whatever. But it's it's... In the end, every person is different and has to find a way. And that, that's the, I think that's the, the tricky thing that, because sometimes people don't make that decision or they can't make it, whatever, but then they need maybe help from an external business. But um, I think it's the system, yeah, so. it's this. Um, I just thought we can give, I can give some examples. For example, what I do um, with mail, sorting out mail, um, it's, Often I see in houses people have these piles of mail unopened or opened on the kitchen bench. So what I do is I just take it out of our letterbox in the afternoon and then I have a quick look. What is it? And um, everything that's like advert, like adverts and all these chunk stuff that's coming goes straight into the bin so I don't bring it in the house at all. And then I have a, a place on our kitchen bench where I open the mail and then like it's for my husband, depending what it is, invoices. So I open it up have a look and um and then everything goes to its home so invoices go in the office in a tray which it says invoices to pay it's in the middle of the desk so that i see it every day and we sort it chronologically so it's like dates to pay and the the, the one that's above that's the next one you which we need to pay so i hardly forget to pay any invoices because i just see them every day and then i have a quick look in the morning say okay that's tomorrow or something and then i put it out or take it out and pay it and then it goes straight into the file or depending on what it is and um, and then like magazines for example we have um, you get like you have subscriptions or days you know you are a member of something and you get these membership magazines so they come they have a place on the kitchen bench and then I show them my husband has a quick look when he comes home some are for him some are for me or 
general things from the health insurance, and this usually goes straight into the bin. But so they stay on the bench for a while, like a few days, and then we either, if I see my husband is not reading them, they go in the bin, or I ask him, Do you want to take that in the office, or you know, to work or whatever. And so I'm I'm clearing that regularly after a few days, and then that's. Or we have a, like a bag where we keep, like not like a, a storage thing where we keep magazines, and I, I collect all the design <laughs> magazines anyway. But they, they all have a place where they go. And this is a really easy thing to do, mm. you know, to sort out your daily mail, and you don't have to leave it lying somewhere, and then you forget to pay invoices because they are like hidden under five other things. And so that's a simple thing you do every day. And it doesn't take long, and um, yeah. I think that um, the clutter, you know, people that are surrounded by clutter, um, again, just the clutter that's a result of disorganisation rather than mm. um, any kind of psychological problem, um, a lot of it is a result of just indecision or, or, or lack of time. You know, I mean, obviously most of us, I mean, very, very few people have time to have everything running perfectly well. And if they mm. do, they may well not have other parts of their life mm. running very well. Yeah. You know, I mean, the average balanced person doesn't have all their ducks in the row all the mm. time and, no, and, you... and have a happy life. So it's a matter of finding, um, you know, the right balance for each person. And I think that, again, that comes around to the philosophy and just, just making decisions. <laughs> I think when um, something comes into your hands... Um, yeah. You know, even just for a period of, you know, if you decide that clutter is a little bit out of you, out of um, control in your life, a little bit like a fitness regime, think, okay, I want to change this in my life, so I know that it's not going to happen just because I'm going to get, I'm not going to get there by just being tidy. You're in a state of disorganization because you don't have systems, so I think you have to sort of set aside a commitment mm. of, say, maybe a month and say, okay, for the next month, I'm, you know, or before the next month, I'm going to plan how this is going to work. Identify the real problem areas in your home because everyone's mm. different. It might be the office, it might be the kitchen, it might be the garage, it might be the school yeah. bags, whatever that happens to be. And, and then look at why that's a problem. And the most likely reason that's a problem, unless it's psychological, is that there's just not, there's not the facility to deal with it or there's not the time. So if there's not the time, Decide if it's important, and exactly. you're going to have to find a way to make the time. Which this means. is the point. I just to interrupt you because I I can't hear that anymore. Everyone is so busy. It's a matter of focus and what's important. If, well, if that's it really, it you know, if it's like if you want to get rid of that mail clutter and it's so, the pain is so big, you know what we just talked. You have to you have to make this a priority, and you have I I, I can't believe that people don't have two minutes every day to sort. What I just described to sort out the mail, you know, it's, it's not ridiculous. that they don't have two minutes. It's that they they don't have that two minutes at that time, you know. And then when they do have the two minutes, they're exhausted. But um, I think mm. the thing is, it's the same as a fitness regime. It's the same as you know. Yes, it hurts to get fit. Yes, you have to go without things you don't want or whatever whatever mm. challenge it is in your life. Um, it isn't going to happen without some difficulty, but then it does get easier once you set it up. And at least with things like decluttering, it's actually mm. a great thing because once you've fixed it, if you yeah. then develop a system that works with it, it's really easy to maintain. That, that's, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to use storage because that's what I do, but it's a great example of, for example, if you do your wardrobe, and this is not a plug for what I do, but 
as I said, I liked, I don't like being really ordered. It bores me to tears, but I hate more than that being disorganized and being mm. inefficient. So the pain point for me is inefficiency because I really hate wasting time. Mm. I really hate it. So if, if by being disorganized in my wardrobe is actually causing me mm. a loss of time and frustration, that is more painful mm. to me than having to be a little bit more organized. Now, when, that, when I design a space that for my wardrobe, whether you want to use an off-the-shelf product or go to something custom, but whatever it is, having it designed thoughtfully, properly, is the difference between that staying organized or actually just becoming a mess very soon. So whether it's wardrobes, whether it's your kitchen clutter, whether it's your garage, whatever it happens to be, if you don't have the facility set up properly, mm. you'll be undone by your own frustration. Because, yeah. for example, if it's storage and you think that you're going to keep all of your shoes very neatly on the bottom row of your wardrobe, or you're going to get one of those shoe racks and you're going to put it in uh, your garage and it's going to be underneath some shelving where you're storing other stuff... Unless you're incredibly um, what's it, what's it, pedantic, it's not going to happen because it's really hard to do that. And we are all busy, we are mm. all impatient, and we are all basically lazy. And if you've set something up in, with the, under the guise that, oh, look, it looks fantastic right now, look, I've set it all up, it looks beautiful, and you have to get down on your hands and knees to get it, or you have to bend down and your hair gets in a mess to do it, no sane person mm, is going to maintain mm, that mm, system. Mm. So no matter how organ how committed you are, I think you have to have a system yeah. that really works properly. And look at if it's failing, if if you've committed to getting to becoming decluttered and being organized and you're not managing to do that and you are actually committed to it, then it really means that it hasn't been set up in a way that's mm. manageable for you. Yeah. And that's what needs to be looked at. And I think that's why people need to um before they do decluttering, identify mm. why it is why they're in a mess. Why is it time? Mess, yeah. Is it that they don't have the facility, or is it that they're just not systemized? They haven't worked out how to do it. Um, because that'll, any of those not fit, not working in will be the undoing. It doesn't matter how mm. committed to mm. to mm. you are. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> It was a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the system thing. I mean, there's lots of examples I think you could bring there. What, um, you know, what system, what a system is or what works for you or for me. But I guess it's... What would be your one top tip for, for, for getting organized or being or decluttering? Um, I would go back to that commitment thing. Yeah. Really make it a priority and, and focus and and... Commit to to get it done, to get it done, and do need to set some side uh, or schedule some time to do it. Then, if you are if you are committed to do it, and then just start small, you know, like with the fifteen minute thing every day, if that's you know to try it a bit, or if you are brave, you could do the five hour weekend session. Mm. Yeah, but I guess it's really you have to. In your mind, you have to make be clear that you want to do it and that you, yeah, set some time aside to do it and not procrastinate or, or then postpone it again. And I think for me, um, my top tip would probably be to realize that it isn't a quick fix and that if you don't have a system that you can maintain, um, then go back to the drawing board before you even start. Mm, yeah. All right. 
that was a lot tip a lot of tips <laughs> okay i think um yeah that's um a lot to think about and maybe just to come back to the beginning um if you are interested in reading Sally's article we used as a starting point uh, go to house australia and uh, so it's h o u double z and just search for Sally Hart or yeah or um, your clever closet no, i think it works both ways yeah i think it comes in under Sally yeah. Hart and how to accumulate this yeah and then you find idea books and then that's how they call articles on house so um you go to idea books and then you can find that one we used here as a um starting point all right that was it for today um again if you find that podcast valuable please leave us a rating on iTunes um or a review share it with your friends talk about it forward the links from the website that it's much appreciated and um we um yeah we would love to hear from you and um hope to speak to you in quite next week or in the future so thank you very much everybody hope to talk to you soon yes and have a great week bye